Section 41 of Stories from the Operas by Gladys Davidson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Russell Newton. Section 41. Wagner's The Flying Dutchman. Der Fliegende Helender. There was once a Dutch sea captain who was so brave and fearless that no amount of danger seemed to daunt him. Battling with the wild winds and waves was the greatest joy to him, and his light-hearted daring carried him through many a difficult passage. But at last the crowning test of his courage came, for on a voyage round the coast of Africa there arose the most furious tempest that had ever been known in those seas. All prudent seamen at once sought refuge in harbors and sheltering bays, casting their anchors until the storm should abate. But the Dutch captain only laughed at the fears of his crew when they implored him to do likewise, and casting prudence to the winds, he swore that in spite of the raging hurricane he would double the Cape of Good Hope without delay, even if he kept on sailing forever. Now it happened that this foolish vow was overheard by the evil one, who was in the very heart of the tempest, and as a punishment for his vain boast, he condemned the rash captain to sail the seas until the day of judgment. The only hope of release held out to him was to find a pure and lovely maiden who would be willing to love him faithfully until death, and for this purpose he was allowed to go on shore once in every seven years to seek for such a savior. Full of remorse and despair, the unhappy captain began his ceaseless voyage, and the mad recklessness of his speed soon won for him the name of the Flying Dutchman. The fame of his terrible plight and of the evil influence surrounding him became worldwide, and all good sailors tried to avoid the doomed ship, crossing themselves devoutly whenever its blood-red sails and black masts appeared in sight. Once in every seven years the flying Dutchman went on shore, but he always returned disappointed and despairing, for no maiden could be found willing to share his fate and to be loving and faithful to him until death. And so, for years and centuries, the ill-fated man sailed the seas unceasingly, and though he daily courted death, yet death came not to him, and every danger passed him by. At length, after many hopeless centuries had gone by, the flying Dutchman steered his ship towards the rugged coast of Norway, and as another seven years' term was just now at an end, he determined to go on shore and begin his hopeless quest once more. By this time his vessel was laden with gold and jewels gathered from the sea and coasts of many lands, and by bestowing his treasures lavishly, he knew he would soon gain acquaintance with someone. As he drew near the shores of a lonely bay, he found a Norwegian vessel already there before him having sought shelter from a passing storm, and presently he entered into conversation with the captain and tried to make friends with him. The Norwegian captain, whose name was Deland, welcomed the stranger very kindly, and he told him that he only waited in this dreary spot until the storm abated, when he should eagerly make for his home, a few miles further along the coast, where his fair daughter was watching for his return. When the flying Dutchman heard that the Norwegian had a daughter, he was very glad, and presently he eagerly offered to Deland the whole of his vast treasures, if he would give him in return a few days' hospitality, and his daughter as a bride. Now Deland, who was somewhat greedy of gold, had long desired to find such a wealthy husband for his beautiful daughter, and though he knew nothing of the stranger before him, he felt somewhat afraid of his weird looks and mysterious crew. He could not resist the desire to possess the wonderful treasures described to him. So he gladly gave the Dutchman permission to woo the maiden, 
and a short time afterwards, the storm having passed away, the two ships set sail for Deland's home. In the meanwhile, the household of the Norwegian captain had been eagerly awaiting his return for some time, and on the day of his expected arrival, his fair daughter, Senta, was spinning with her maidens in the principal room of the house. Dame Mary, the old nurse who was in charge of the work, and under her directions the pretty maidens were kept busily employed, singing merry songs to the hum of their spinning wheels. Only one of the maidens was idle, and this was the beautiful young mistress, Senta herself, who sat with her hands folded, pensively gazing at a picture upon the wall. The picture was a portrait of the Flying Dutchman, who had been once seen by an artist years ago, and whose story, told in ballad and legend, was well known in Norway. And as Senta looked upon that pale, sad face, a great pity for the poor wanderer's terrible fate arose within her. This fate had such a wonderful fascination for the tender maiden that a great love and devotion grew up in her heart for the tortured soul she longed to comfort. And on this day of her father's return, she gazed upon the picture with more intentness than usual, for she had dreamed many times of late that its subject stood before her as a real, living lover. But Dame Mary did not care to see her sweet young mistress gaze so frequently upon the face of one whom Satan had claimed for his own. And presently she called out sharply to her, "'Thou careless girl, wilt thou not spin?' Then the other maidens begged her also to join them in their spinning, and not to waste her sighs and thoughts on one who could never be her lover. But Senta said she was tired of the hum of the spinning wheels, and asked Dame Mary to tell them again the legend of the Flying Dutchman. But Dame Mary would not do so, and then Senta herself sang the whole ballad through from beginning to end in her sweet, soft voice. She described the rash vow of the daring captain and the awful doom it had brought upon him, and the song excited her to such passionate depths of pity that, at the end of it, she stretched out her arms and cried aloud as though the spectral seaman himself stood before her. I am the one who through her love will save thee. Oh, may the angels hither guide thee. Through me may newfound joy betide thee. As she uttered these wild words, which caused Dame Mary and her maidens to cry out in horror, a handsome young huntsman named Eric entered the room and heard all and having loved the fair Santa from childhood, and believed himself beloved in return, he rushed to her side in alarm, imploring her not to forsake him. He then announced that Deland's ship had just arrived, accompanied by another and unknown vessel. And when Dame Mary and the maidens had hastily departed to set food ready for their master's welcome, he turned again to Santa, and begged her to assure him once more of her love, and to help him to gain her father's consent to their marriage, knowing full well that Delan desired a wealthier suitor for his daughter than a poor huntsman. The beautiful Senta only laughed at his doubts, and when he reproached her with gazing so constantly at the picture on the wall, she declared it was but pity that filled her heart for the subject of it. But Eric was not satisfied, and he went on to describe a vision he had had lately, in which he had seen Senta give her hand to this very phantom captain, who embraced her rapturously and led her to his vessel. And when Senta heard this, the glamour of her strange fascination came over her again, and she cried out wildly, He seeks for me, and I for him. For him will I risk life and limb. Eric rushed away, wringing his hands with grief, feeling now that Senta must be under some strange and evil spell. And at this moment Delan entered the room with his mysterious guest, whom as yet he did not know to be the Flying Dutchman. He held out his arms lovingly, expecting his daughter to rush forward and embrace him, 
as she had always done before on his return from the sea. But Senta, with wide-open, intense eyes, was gazing fixedly beyond him at the stranger in the doorway. There, in the living flesh, she beheld the face that had fascinated all her maiden days. And spellbound with astonishment, she turned to embrace her father, as in a trance, saying, My father, say, who is this stranger? Then Delan explained how he had met with the strange captain and taken pity on his loneliness, and he eagerly added, Wilt thou, my child, accord our guest a friendly welcome? And wilt thou also let him share thy kindly heart? Give him thy hand, for bridegroom it is thine to call him. If thou but give consent, to-morrow his thou art. Look on these gems, look on these bracelets. To what he owns trifles are these. Dost thou, my child, not long to have them? And all art thine when thou art his. As he spoke, Deland, with the gleam of avarice in his eyes, spread out on a table the jewels and gold the flying Dutchman had already given him from the big treasure-laden ship. But seeing that Senta did not even glance at them, he thought it wiser to retire and leave the stranger to plead his own cause. When he had gone, the flying Dutchman, with trembling hope, seized the hands of Senta and implored her to share his lonely fate, declaring that he had seen her in visions long ago and believed her to be the one who should save him from his woes and bring him peace and rest at last. And Senta, with rapture, consented to be his bride, telling him that she had also seen him in her dreams and had longed to release him from his sorrows. When the flying Dutchman thus knew that Senta was acquainted with his sad story and willing to break the evil spell that had been cast upon him, he was transported with joy, and yet he nobly begged her to think of the sacrifice she was about to make by sharing his lot, to which the fair maiden replied heroically, Him whom I choose, him I love only, and loving even till death. Here is my hand, I will not rue, but into death will I be true. At this moment Delan returned, and full of joy at seeing that Senta was willing to accept the stranger he had chosen for her husband, he gladly joined their hands. He then invited them to return with him to the shore, for it was always his custom at the end of a voyage to give a feast to the crew on board his ship. When they arrived upon the shore, a gay scene was already taking place. Dame Mary and her merry maidens had brought food and wine on deck, and the jolly sailors were soon greeting their pretty sweethearts and feasting, laughing, and singing with thankful hearts. In strange contrast to this merriment, complete silence reigned on board the Flying Dutchman's ship, for though food and wine had also been brought out for the stranger's crew, they kept down below and gave no sound of life at all. It was in vain that the maidens tried to attract their attention, and at length, alarmed at the strange looks of the silent vessel, they desisted altogether. And then, when the Norwegian sailors in their own enjoyment had almost forgotten the presence of the strangers, the mysterious crew of the Flying Dutchman suddenly roused up and began to sing, in harsh, unearthly tones, a wild song, in which they told the story of their ill-fated master, and at the same time a dark, bluish flame gleamed around them, and loud rumblings of a storm were heard. At first the startled Norwegians looked on in wonder, and tried to drown those weird sounds with their own gay singing, but after a while they grew alarmed, and overcome by the dreadful scene and full of horror, they hurriedly crossed themselves and retired to the cabin. On seeing this, the crew of the phantom ship burst into a peal of shrill, demonical laughter, and then the ghastly flame died slowly away, the stormy rumbling ceased, and silence reigned once more. 
The Norwegians now knew that the dreaded and shunned Flying Dutchman and his evil crew from the abodes of darkness were in their midst, and Eric the Huntsman, shocked and horrified, rushed toward Senta and implored her to renounce the stranger whose evil fate she had agreed to share. He passionately pleaded with his own faithful love, begging her to accept it once again, and he reminded her of the old sweet days when she had been contented to love him, saying, Hast thou forgot that day when thou didst call me? Call me to thee, yon pleasant vale within, when, counting not what labor might befall me, fearless I climbed, gay flowers for thee to win? Bethink thee how, upon the headlong standing, we watched thy father from the shore depart. He, ere we marked his gleaming sail expanding, he bade thee trust my fond and faithful heart. Why thrilled my soul to feel my hands clasped in thine? Say, was it not that it told me thou wert true? These tender pleading words were heard by the flying Dutchman, who was hovering near, and the wretched man, full of disappointment and despair, believing that Senta was about to renounce him, rushed on board his own ship and drew the anchor, crying out wildly, Abandoned! All is forever lost! Senta, farewell! But Senta, though torn by Eric's pleading, still found her love and devotion to the flying Dutchman the strongest feeling in her heart, and rushing forward to follow him, she cried, Canst thou doubt if I'm faithful? Unhappy! What has blinded thee? O oh, stay, the vow we made forsake not. What I have promised, kept shall be. Eric, Deland, and others seized the distraught maiden as she fled, full of horror at the sacrifice she was about to make for one whose evil doom affrighted them. And whilst they held her back, the flying Dutchman, though utterly bereft of hope, nobly vowed that he would release her from her promise to him, and sail away at once. But Senta was determined to share the sad doom of the hero of her dreams, and by her faithful love to break the cruel spell that had bound him so long, and struggling until she freed herself from those who so vainly tried to hold her back, she ran forward to the edge of an overhanging cliff close by, stretching out her arms, and crying wildly to the hopeless figure on the departing vessel. "'Well do I know thee! Well do I know thy doom!' I knew thy face when I beheld thee first. The end of thine affliction comes. My Lord, till death shall take away thy curse. Here stand I, faithful, yea, till death. With these heroic words, the gentle, devoted maiden, in a transport of joy, cast herself into the sea, and immediately afterwards the phantom ship sank beneath the waves, which arose and receded again in a mighty whirlpool. As the Norwegians gazed with awe and astonishment upon this wondrous sight, they saw, in the golden glow of the setting sun, two ethereal forms rising together from the sea over the wreck and floating upward towards the heavens. They were Senta and the Flying Dutchman, their arms entwined in a loving embrace and a look of perfect peace and everlasting joy upon their radiant, upturned faces. The ransom had been paid, and the Flying Dutchman was at rest forevermore, with the fair, sweet maiden who had loved him faithfully until death. End of section 41